Welcome to No Green Eggs and Ham, a podcast about nothing and everything. It's not a show where we take jabs at the infamous Dr. Seuss, but where we dive into topics like art, weird inventions, pop culture, and anything having to do with cubby-wubby womb room tea. So throw on some clothes, grab a coffee, and ignore your responsibilities as you listen to the Just OK Sounds with your host, me, Sam I Am. Here we go. Hey, what's your opinion about the effect Desert Storm had on the gopher farming industry in 1820s feudal Japan? I hate gophers. That's controversial. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of No Green Eggs and Ham. I actually recorded um, a little snippet in the car with my wife and my youngest daughter, um, but it didn't come out right, so... I'm re-recording, unfortunately, without them. I did find out some juicy tidbits about my podcast, Um, one being, of course, that I don't have an entertaining podcast unless I'm giving out useless facts, like a tomato robot, and daddy is dumb was another point. In fact, I actually labeled it, you called daddy dumb. Whatever. But even so, like... Our daughter was very quiet during it, which was nice, but at the same time I was hoping that she would add to it because she says some witty stuff all the time. She was in a bad mood because we had just went to this uh, nursery um, to look at plants, but we weren't really shopping for plants right now. I was just getting something so I could uh, cover our seedlings so that, you know, have a little greenhouse effect. And... She wanted to get a, a present for her sister who was in school. Um, she was not in school. She's playing hooky today because uh, she had the sniffles and had to go see a doctor because if you take your child out of school right now during COVID, you have to get her tested and, and you know, prove that she doesn't have COVID. She doesn't have COVID. So, you know, she, she wanted to get a gift. We said no. And she was just in a bad, at, bad mood. So as soon as we we're done recording... It was only like a five-minute episode. Um, then she got all chatty. And then she was saying some very funny things. And I was like, why couldn't you just say that back then? <laughs> but whatever. And then I found out that it's like I don't have an interesting podcast unless I'm talking about useless facts. That was hurtful. But I'm not talking about useless facts today. I am actually talking about the second day of my trip to Rome. We started off the morning getting uh, a latte and... I don't think I had anything for breakfast, but that doesn't matter, does it? Um, we started out early and went to the uh, to Vatican City, and we started at the very beginning. And our, our main goal, of, of course, was to see Sistine Chapel and make our way to uh, St. Peter's. And we took a tour, and it's a it's a guided tour, and it has um, you know everyone gets headphones, so you're you're listening to the person talking. There's so many different tour groups. They all have flags or scarves or stuff or whatever to uh, signify their group. 
and they pack everybody into these these small spaces and basically if you if you've never been they they take you through all these rooms um where they wouldn't have artwork everywhere there was artwork everywhere it was i've never seen so much artwork i mean rooms were just art and they would take you into these areas that were you know meeting areas for popes and you know dignitaries and, and things like that and you know, at one time and now it's a museum um some banquet halls that the pope would you know eat at i don't know it it was crazy but you see all this, these works by like Raphael and his students um all it was just unbelievable and i took a bunch of pictures and in some of the rooms you look on the walls and underneath some of the works of art were etchings and i was like what is this all about and we didn't really have time for questions and it was just like i said so packed that um i never really found out an answer but it's something to to look into next time or i guess i could just google it um no google my phone it's like it's waiting for me to ask it something stop listening anyway so we're walking through it's like a maze of rooms a maze of these tiny rooms and bigger rooms and gold and color and it's just amazing and it like if you were to go by yourself there's no way you're going to find the Sistine Chapel there's no way um I know that you can go without being part of a tour, but to actually get into the area, I, I don't know how to do it. Like I, you would need to have Google, nope, maps, um, just to get you there. So, you know, you're looking around, and it's really cool to do it with a guide because they tell you they tell you all these stories about the history and about the different works and about, you know, all the different artists that came through and would teach here and would interact with uh, dignitaries and popes and bishops and cardinals and whatever. And, you know, we find out all the, the backstory of Michelangelo, which if you don't know it, his career was just unbelievable. I mean, I don't have to tell you, but it's, it's more so than, than what you may have heard. And, I mean, the guy was working until he was in his 90s. It's insane. Back then, to even live that long, let alone work, and in the conditions that he worked in, you know? Um, so, anyway, um, I would recommend going and then getting a guided tour. It, it just made it so much better. And uh, it was probably like a three-hour tour. Uh, if some of you might have had something triggered there and you know you see all these tapestries that were um, put together years ago and you see all these gold statues and all these works of art you see all these um, really old um, tile settings um, that use like sapphires and and other jewels and you're walking on this and uh, not the the part with the sapphires because it's, it's very rare and none of the jewels like they have those kind of roped off but you get to look at it it's like right there you can touch it you know don't touch it but you can touch it and we get to the Sistine Chapel finally and it's packed it's a crowded room and they tell you the whole time you know please no talking and no cameras you can't take pictures I had a GoPro and my phone 
and um, my GoPro was in my hand, just facing up at the ceiling. So I got some shots. And I'm sitting there, and I get this this picture of this girl that I didn't know I had until uh, I saw it later that day. I, I think I got that one on my phone. Um, and because I was just recording and then, like, snapping pictures with my phone. And this girl was looking up at the ceiling, and she had her hand over her mouth, and she was she had a tear coming down. I mean what better representation of the feeling you get when looking at this thing than that it's unbelievable looking up and how high it was and how detailed and uh, it was such a great experience to be in that room I'd always wanted to see it and I didn't realize how much I would like it until I was actually in the room and in that presence of it and so we, we go through that we stay there for a little while, um, not super long. They, our our group, we're, like I said, we're part of a group, and they gave us like you know five to ten minutes to, to look around. But then as soon as they're ready to go, you have to to go. But I mean, that's you can spend all day and see new things there. You know, see new pieces um, in the in the works. But you know, it's a lot to take in. So ten minutes, I, I feel was was very good. And we get out and we go through more rooms and some corridors and some um, architect uh, architecture work. Um, I see this this public fountain that uh, brings in water from the viaduct, the aqueduct, not the viaduct, the aqueduct, and you know people are actually drinking from it. They're probably not doing that now. And then we get to these massive doors and you're looking at the doors and they're metal and very, very old. And on them, the depictions of Christ and, um, of St. Peter and of Paul and, you know, different apostles and different moments in biblical history. And some of it's very crude. Some of it's very detailed. And then you walk into, St. Peter's. I don't think I've ever been in a room so awe-inspiring in all my life. At one point, I had to leave. I just couldn't take it anymore. Like, what you're witnessing visually is just too much for the brain. You know, it's absolutely beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It was so nice to see. But it was just so much. Like my head hurt. So the first thing that the the tour guide tells us is to note that there are no paintings inside the basilica. There are no paintings. Okay? I have pictures of what I thought are paintings. Whether you're far away or not, they look like paintings. And some of them are really famous works of art. And then you find out that they're all mosaics. Mosaics of Raphael's work, of Michelangelo's work, of so many different artists' work. Nearly perfect representations done in mosaic. It's 
unbelievable what you're looking at. It's how how is that possible? How are they able to do it so well to make to make you think that it's you're looking at the original painting? And you're looking at the statues and uh, everything is marble and granite, uh, gold and diamonds. I mean, there's there's so much going on here. And you can see why it took so long. And in the middle, you know, it's a basilica, so it's shaped like a cross with a dome at the center. And in the middle, where the dome is, is this massive wooden structure that was built hundreds of years ago. And for perspective, she would tell us, we're all the way towards the, the entrance to this place. And she said, that spire over there is almost 100 feet tall. And you're looking at it, and like, how is that possible? There's no way that's 100 feet tall until you're walking and walking and walking. And it's like, it's not getting any closer. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's how. The grand scale of this is unbelievably huge. You're looking up. Uh, towards the ceiling there's, there's mosaic in the ceiling and it looks like paintings from where you are that is a painting but no that's all mosaic and you look on the sides of, along these balconies and there's massive letters and each letter the woman told us is like six feet tall it, it's like that doesn't look like six feet it's she said it was even closer to seven you're looking at it, it just looks like just a sign you know, just words. Looks like it could just be maybe a couple feet because they are, they look pretty big, but not taller than a man. It was insane. I, I could not believe what I was witnessing. And, you know, I think we were probably in there by a half an hour. And they have popes buried there. You know, I mean, this is where you wanted to be buried if you were a pope, apparently. And they had... Um, John Paul was buried there. Um, and they had this one pope. I, I don't know all their names. It might not even be John Paul. I, I'm pretty sure it was. But one in particular, you're looking into this glass coffin. It's not just glass. There's gold and everything. And you're looking at it. And the body inside looks like it was just buried. And they said that when they unearthed this tomb, when they were doing something, the body was still like preserved because of the airtight seal on this glass slash golden case I'm like what how can that be possible whether it's true or not it was it was an interesting story and i remember um thinking well that's it's, it's also creepy um there were I, I mean i just can't wait to go back and see this because i, I would spend more time and i would get like the tour um you could go into the dome not sure i want to do that because that's how many hundred feet up and you have to go around and around and around to get up to it. I don't know. I've been into small spaces going up and down stairs. Not looking forward to do that again. But there's like an underground tour because when you're walking on the floors, every once in a while there's this big iron grate. And if, whether it's iron or some other metal, I don't know. It's beautifully done, whatever it is. And you can look actually look down um, into the floor below. And, you know, there's there's stories and stuff that other popes and uh, dignitaries are buried down there. If you go down deep enough, St. Peter's down there. Whatever. Uh, 
Um, so I would do that. That would be interesting. Uh, there was also, they were actually having a ceremony there and I don't know if it was like a, like a church ceremony. I think it, it was a Sunday. So it might've been like the service was it a Sunday. It doesn't matter. Who cares? No, I think it was a Monday. Um, there was some kind of service there and you see all these cardinals and bishops and stuff all decked out in their, their robes. Um, and they're having a meeting. The only thing is you can't really see it because they're so far away. It was like the dimensions were just stupid. I can say that they were stupid. It was just everything about it was stupid. What you're looking at, but in an awesome way, get it? Probably not. Anyway, granite, marble, gold. You go into this one section where you can't actually get into it, and no one can uh, unless they're having a wedding performed there. And in the only way to have a wedding in this particular room, which I'll detail in a minute, is if not only are you uh, fully Italian on like three generations on each side, um, but you have to belong to a parish and they have to vouch for you and that parish has to be vouched by the Vatican and you, you have to go through all this process and then it's then it costs whatever it costs. And then there's a waiting period, which like no one was there when we were there. And like how many people are getting married in this place with all these different credentials being checked off? There's, it's not possible. But all those things have to be checked off. Then you can be married there. And I think the Pope is actually present at this thing and you look inside there because they have glass and you can see inside and on the wall that you can look at is it looks like gold everywhere and it probably is because of the extravagance of this place and because of the fact that when you're looking at this depiction of i don't know if it was jesus or somebody they have a crown and that crown is all diamonds like these big jewels surrounded by gold and i'm talking big because like i said if you're standing there and you're looking into a room that room is much bigger than you think because dimensions are just ridiculous and that jewel looks big from where you're standing that's a massive jewel and again this is what's being told to us by our guide who is one of the workers in vatican city this is what she does i, I just i think it was after that room i was like i'm done i can't be in here anymore this is just, it's just too much to take and um we actually exited a, a few minutes before the tour like um a little bit after that the woman says that um you know we can take our time and she'll be waiting by the doors and we just walked out I, uh, I don't know it was just awesome awe-inspiring terrifying and just overwhelming all at once could not handle it even now like I want to go back but I'm just like I'm going to throw up next time I go and that was just the morning so we do that I think I can talk a lot more about what I watched and what I saw and, you know, the different works inside there, but I don't think I will. Let's move on. 
So we get out, and you, you get out into where they have their Sunday services right in the middle of the Vatican. So this is where, like, you, this is the most famous part where you have this circular, massive um, courtyard. I don't know what you call it. There's a spire there. There's, you know, supposedly well, that's, this is where Paul was uh, crucified and Peter was crucified upside down. And it was all right there. That's not true, but, you know the stories and this is where you can fit supposedly a million people within the square plus the road that leads to it every wednesday they have weddings the pope will come out in his glass cage in the center and bless people who just come to get married on wednesdays it's a free free wedding day you just come with your and you just stand there and he blesses the whole crowd at once and then you're done you're married i it's unbelievable and the pillars that are holding up this place are just insane you see all around you the different spots where the pope has been and where he stays and apparently like the current pope like normally they stay on the opposite side of everybody else but he's like no i want to be with my people and he he's actually with all the help and everything and then you you go you keep going like there's just so many places to go to and you've passed this one spot where there's this big courtyard and i've seen it in movies before and it's just a bunch of cars and it's all the security for the vatican a lot of security there i mean this is a fortified city state and then you're done you you can just the tour's over you can walk around you can hang out um there's shops all up and down the pathway leading into the vatican into that courtyard and we, we stopped in a couple shops and you know they have uh the holy like vials of holy water and my aunt was she asked one of the people she's like is this actually holy water I said yeah we have priests that come by once a week and bless the place <laughs> and that counts as holy water and so you know whatever and there's so many different things so that was the vatican and saint peter's and the Sistine Chapel, I just, I loved it. It was so great. It was so much to take in visually. And, you know, I love art. And this was, if you love art, this is the place to go. Yeah, other than Florence. I mean, this is, this is pretty great. And so then from there, um, this was the packed day. So right from there, we got in a cab and it took us to the Pantheon. And that was cool too. Um, we go into the Pantheon and I took a, I actually got a spot in the very center where you're standing just below, just below. It's like, you know, what, a hundred feet up below the, the opening in it. And it's a perfect circle and I'm standing on b- below it and I take a, a panoramic 360 panoramic. And, uh, then I got the globe feature. So I actually got the whole thing, um, in one shot. So that was, that was really cool. And we didn't stay there very long. It's not huge. It's just a marvelous piece of work. And they do have ceremonies there still. Um, it was originally like it was originally built as a pagan temple, and now it's um, like a church. So um, we're looking at that. We're looking at some of the old artwork. The floor was amazing. Of course, the floor was amazing. Everywhere you go, every even like the little churches that people like don't really see, they're all amazing. Uh, all the floors are so intricate 
you know, a lot of the tile work was was brought in from um, the Middle East and stuff. It was influenced by uh, the Middle East, and it's all just gorgeous. And so from there, I think then we finally ate something. I think we, um, let's see, what do we have? Oh, right, pizza, and then um, gelato, um, and then we went around. I, I don't even remember after that. Like it was like the morning was just way too much to take in. I think you know by the afternoon we were just we walked around Rome. We just walked around. We went to oh now I remember. So we went to this location, which is another famous spot, um, but relatively new in Rome, which is like the 1700s, and this monstrosity of a monument, which is also a museum now, dedicated to this general and you know i can't remember the name right now um but it's a big white building that sits right in front of the roman forum it's like it's actually sitting on a piece of ancient rome and it was built for some guy you know or some war but this guy is the general and he's on a big horse got a picture of his the horse's butt and it's right in the middle on the on each side of the this massive monument are these two um, massive figures of chariots with horses and uh, these women riding them. I, I, it was a Venus or something. I don't know. It, it's somebody, and you can see this from everywhere. You know, there are no taller spots than um, St. Peter's. There's nothing allowed to be built that is anywhere near the height of St. Peter's. St. Peter's has to be the highest building in the area because that's where it's a holy piece of of property. The Pope lives there. All roads have to lead to that. So that has to be the highest point. But this place rivals it by a little bit. It's like you can't get much taller. And it, we saw it from our, our hotel room. Um, I don't even know. It's we're far away from it, and so we we go onto this thing and so many steps. Um, we get there just before it closes, and we just walk up. The museum happened to be closed, but it takes forever just to get to anything in there. So, you know, we're we're there and we're looking over the city. Uh, it was really cool. You can see everything just about. And then from there, we went to the Spanish Steps. And then we had dinner right below the Spanish Steps. And, you know, we spent the whole night just walking around Rome, just enjoying every bit of it that we could and just taking it all in. And I, I, I don't know. That's where I, I think I fell in Rome probably that night. You know, fell in love with the city. Um, and that didn't even include what we saw the next day, which is something that I have been looking forward to seeing since like 2004, maybe with a little movie called the gladiator. And I finally got to see it, but that's next time. See you, not see you.
All right, you win. Here's some facts. However, there's one caveat. These facts surround what I was just talking about in Rome. And that would be St. Peter's. Here are a few fun facts about St. Peter's. And I think a couple of these I did go over. But um, this one, uh, St. Peter's Basilica, is not the original St. Peter's. So I remember saying inside the the podcast that St. Peter was supposedly buried here. No one knows. That might be true. But in the 4th century, people thought that that was true. And they built a church. Um, it was actually Constantine, Emperor Constantine, that uh, adapted uh, to Christianity. He was the first Roman uh, emperor to become a Christian. And he decided, we're going to build a church where Peter is buried. So they actually built this in the 4th century. Um Uh, but during the early Renaissance, uh, the ancient church was, it was really run down. So Pope Julius II, who basically was a warmonger <laughs> Pope, I don't know, if you go, you'll hear the story. Like he's the one that um, got Michelangelo finally to do the Sistine Chapel. Michelangelo wanted nothing to do with the Sistine Chapel. And it was mainly because of Pope Julius. Because Pope Julius, um, he wanted popes, specifically himself, to be painted in the ceiling. He wanted representations of himself to be painted. And Michelangelo said, no, that's not what it's supposed to be. That's not what it should be. He refused. And months went by, and finally he got um, approached again and was given... Uh, car blanche he was able to do whatever he wanted and in in the depictions you'll see is the story of man and god and in one of the panels it's funny you see the the famous image of adam and um god's fingers touching that was god giving life to man and in another pane you see god leaving and in that picture, which is, this is, this is a true fact, and we were told this by the woman, the woman, if you look, God's not wearing pants, and you see God's rear, and that was a direct slam at Pope Julius by Michelangelo. Funny, right? So anyway, I know I got a little bit off topic, but, uh, so Michelangelo was brought in to redesign things and uh there was a um an architect um who was brought in to um to design the rebuild of saint peter's and they ended up not using his work um it was uh, bramante and they didn't use it uh it just wasn't what they were looking for and they actually brought in michelangelo to not only redesign but also oversee everything. And, you know, it wasn't finished during his lifetime, but the, the main design was, was his. So St. Peter's is actually not the first, nor is it the official cathedral. And this is point number two. It's not the official cathedral or the official seat of the Pope. 
but because it's right next to, um, you know, it's it's placed right within the Vatican, right next to where the the Pope sleeps. Um, it's where he holds all the vigils, and that's where all the major ceremonies are are put. And it's also because it's the biggest place. Um, but the the actual main seat of the Roman Catholic Church is San Giovanni in uh, Laterano. And that's the mother church. But, you know, location, location, location. Um, so I talked about the wooden structure in the middle, uh, just underneath the dome. And I was wrong about that. It's not wood. It's solid bronze. Insanity. So it is 96 feet tall. The dome is 452 feet tall. So when you're looking at this, the dome you can't even see. It's, you know, four times bigger. It's insane. Insane. It's insanity. And so this is 100,000 pounds of bronze. And it's just a canopy over the main altar. It's the, the Baldacino of St. Peter's. Don't know what that means. But it's 96 feet tall, and it's solid bronze, and it's ridiculous. Um... What I said before, none of the paintings inside the basilica are actually paintings. That's true. Uh, it's all mosaics and stones and gems and uh, beautiful. That's all it is. Number five, Michelangelo's Pieta is shielded by bulletproof glass. And that's true. You do get to see it, but it's far off. Um, it's not very big in person, at least not where you're standing. Uh, it had been here in the city um, years ago. In fact, my mother-in-law knows this story because she had seen it. I believe she saw it. doesn't matter. She remembers it happening. Um, this was Michelangelo's first, um, what do you call that? It's the first work he did for the church. And this is what he was born to do, was sculpting. This is what he, he wanted to do. He was 24 when he did this. And if you've never seen it, look it up. It's Mary holding Christ, and it's it, the detail is amazing. It looks real as far as like the folds in, in her garments and the the outline of, of Jesus in her lap, and it's just unbelievable. So the reason it's behind bulletproof glass now uh, is because in 1972, a mentally disturbed man named Laszlo Toth attacked the sculpture with a hammer. He cracked off Mary's nose and broke off her arm at the elbow. So that's that's since been repaired. Um, but it took forever to do so. And now it sits in St. Peter's. It's not allowed to leave St. Peter's anymore. And it's behind bulletproof glass. And there's priceless works. And I'm talking about priceless works inside that basilica. And that's the only one that's behind bulletproof glass. And, of course, the last fact from this particular website, walksofitaly.com, is, yes, St. Peter might be buried under the basilica. So I'll read this little passage of why they think so. The reason why Emperor Constantine built the first St. Peter's Basilica where he did, and why the new St. Peter's was arranged with its altar directly over the same spot, was because this is where St. Peter's bones were thought to lie. Of course, this was hard to prove. In the 1940s, excavations were done on the rumored spot. 
1953, a set of bones were found. Testing revealed they belonged to a man in his 60s, the same age that Peter would have been. Earth was encrusted on the bones, and Peter originally was buried directly in the dirt. And the bones had remnants of purple thread, a color of cloth that only would have been used in ancient times to wrap the body of someone who was seen as royal or holy. For these reasons, Italian archaeologist Margarita Graducci, among others, argued that the bones belonged to St. Peter. You can actually read that. There's a link on the site. Uh, others disagree, and it's certainly not solid proof that the bones of St. Peter's, but the findings don't prove that the bones don't belong to St. Peter either, so potato, potato. And that's it. That's uh, some interesting facts about St. Peter's Basilica. Thank you for listening to No Green Eggs and Ham. Editing is by Yovino Consulting in Glencove, New York. Producers for the show are me, myself, and I. The theme song was written and performed by Donnie Ronaldo. On a guitar that I gave him. Because I don't know how to play. If you reach this far in the show, please take an additional few seconds to leave us a review on whatever app you're using to listen to us ramble on about nothing and share the podcast with your friends. See you, not see you, next time.